be seated. That was a little hard on you, wasn't it? <laughs> 30 seconds of just having to wait. Just drives you crazy, doesn't it? I mean, didn't you really want somebody to do something? Like, is she okay? Where'd she go? What's she up to? And so, Reverend Michael, why didn't you get up and do something? We really struggle with waiting, don't we? It seems to be a problem in our whole culture that we are so anxious to get somewhere that just waiting in a moment is pretty difficult for us. Just think about it. During this season, it's particularly true, isn't it? I mean, how many of you are today waiting on packages to be delivered to you that you went online and, and, and you ordered them in record time and still here you are waiting on them to be delivered? Or how many of us find ourselves at the grocery store waiting in line and and, and the most, the, you know, the funniest thing is that we're waiting in line at those self-checkout places that were uniquely designed to take away the evils of waiting. There we are, still waiting. Or maybe we're just waiting on the phone to ring on Saturday night. Or we're waiting for that elusive, perfect relationship. Here we are, we wait, and we really don't much like the waiting. Researchers say that you and I, in the span of our lifetime, will spend five years waiting in line somewhere. Five years out of the total of our life. They say that we will spend two years doing phone tag with other people, waiting to finally talk to someone on the other end of the phone. The researchers say that we will spend six months sitting at red lights in the course of our lives. Now, that's just three things they pull out, but that is seven and a half years of our life that we just wait. While we're waiting, you know what? At best, we're doing nothing, and at worst, we're aggravated. So there's this whole issue of waiting and the way that it aggravates us and annoys us, and this sense in us that if we are productive and active, then we will get somewhere other than where we are. It seems that our value is measured in where we get as opposed to being where we are. And so we really grapple with the idea that we might just sit 
and wait. I think for most of us, waiting seems like a passive activity. And yet, maybe there's something more for us to see in this. The good news is we are in good company. If you were listening to the reading from several of the Gospels this morning, you will find that the characters of Advent, you heard from all of them in the Scripture reading this morning, the characters in Advent are all waiting. Every one of them are waiting. And I think if we look at them more closely, we'll find that they are not passively waiting. They are engaging this waiting period in a very active and profound way. Let's take a look at them. First, there was Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who was told by the angel at a very old age that she was going to bear a son. Now, Elizabeth was an old woman who had always wanted to bear a child but was barren. And as she was getting into the years where it would be more likely that she die, the angel comes and says, oh no, you're going to have a baby. So Elizabeth is left to sit and wait with the joy of what she's always wanted, but searching for what the meaning of this might be. The scripture says, for five months after she became pregnant, Elizabeth went into seclusion. This woman, up in her years, looking more toward death than birth, sits alone in seclusion to search while she waited. Search for the meaning. Search for what will it be like for me to be old and to have a baby. Any of you over 50, think about that. Any of you over 60, lament about that. <laughs> Any of you over 70, cry about that. <laughs> imagine the searching she was having to do to even imagine how she would mother a baby at that age. And yet, that is exactly in her waiting what Elizabeth did. And then there was Zechariah. Zechariah was Elizabeth's husband. When the angel came to him and said, your wife, after all these years, is finally going to bear a son, he kind of pushed back against the angel. He's like, you know, I'm not buying that. I don't know who you think you are, angel, but I'm not buying that. And because Zechariah was not quite believing of this announcement, the angel said, you know what, Zechariah, I'm going to make you dumb. I'm going to make it so that you cannot speak until your son is born. So Zechariah, during his time of waiting for the birth, had no choice but to listen. <laughs> he couldn't talk, so he had no choice but to listen. There he was in his waiting, also up in years, having no choice but just to be in the waiting and listen. And then there is the character of Simeon. Simeon was a priest. And the angel came to Simeon and said, you will be the one who is to stay in the temple and bless the Messiah, the one who is coming, the one that has been promised. There was no sense in the message about exactly when this blessing was coming. But God said to Simeon, you stay in the temple and you prepare for the blessing that you will give to the one who is coming, the Messiah. So there's Simeon, waiting. 
not knowing when it's going to happen, certainly not anticipating that it would be a little baby carried by a poor teenage girl. God said, you will wait, Simeon, and prepare until the consolation of Israel comes to you. And then there is the character of Joseph. Joseph, the serving one, you might say. Joseph, the man who was supposed to marry Mary. And she, you know, in, in southern language, that's hard to say. Mary, Mary. That, but that's what Joseph was to do, was to take Mary to be his wife. They were engaged. And then the news comes to Joseph that Mary is pregnant. Now, this was an illegitimate baby. This would have not looked good on Joseph. This would have shamed him to have a fiancé, if you would, who was pregnant before they were married. But the angel says to Joseph, take care of Mary, serve her. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon her and all will be well. It will be okay, Joseph. Stay with Mary. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph had to wait. And in his waiting, he served this young, teenage, pregnant girl. And then there's the character of Mary. Mary, who is 12 or 13 years old, probably. Poor. And the angel comes to her and said, The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and you're going to conceive a son. You're going to conceive a son who will change the world as we know it. And so Mary was left to carry in her womb a baby. A baby that was to change the world. And for those of you who have been mothers, I've not birthed a child myself, but I've listened to mothers. And you can hear the sweetness of that time of waiting for birth to happen where mother connects with child. Where there is something that no other human experience is quite the same way as a mother who feels a child in her womb and has to wait to see what it will look like and how big it will be and what color hair it might have. The connecting while she waited. The Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the Holy One to be born will be the Son of God. So Mary, wait and connect to this one in your womb. The final character is one we don't talk about much, and that is Jesus in the womb. Not Jesus the baby born and in the manger, but Jesus in the womb. The baby inside of Mary, who is literally becoming what God had promised. This baby in the womb is the symbol inside Mary that God wanted so much to be closer to you and me. That through the natural birth process, the baby in the womb is becoming God to be with us. From God to Mary for us. Jesus 
spent nine months in the womb. God was creating this child. God was creating and forming this child. God was changing the form of God's own self in the womb of Mary. And his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Certainly, the waiting baby in the womb was not being passive, but was being changed in order that God might be with us. Do you see that these characters are not passive in any way? They are waiting. They're having to wait a lot. They're having to wait a lot in really difficult situations and circumstances. Does that sound familiar? We all encounter the times in life when we would rather leave here and go there. Do you notice how easy it is for us to assume that the thing we want, the people we want to be, is always somewhere else and never here? What is that about us? Because I think the Advent story and the characters in it suggest to us that actually being right where you are is the best place to be. Being exactly who you are in any moment is exactly the best person for you to be. Engage it. Sit with it. Wait on it. Be active in participating in the moment right where you are. Throughout Scripture, the messengers that come to people, especially the angels that come, almost always say to the person they're delivering the message to, don't be afraid. Isn't it funny that when something different comes into our life, our first instinct is to be afraid. And so the angels, the messengers come to say, don't be afraid, it's okay. This is throughout scripture, and in all of the characters we've just looked at, the angels said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Don't be afraid, Elizabeth. Don't be afraid, Simeon. And if you break that word down in the Greek, fear, as it is used by the angels, it means stay, don't go. Stay, don't go. I'm guessing that many of you who grew up in church have heard some messages that sound like this. If you will do X, Y, Z that is different than what you're doing right now, you'll be closer to God. And if you'll do A, B, C, you'll be closer to heaven. And if you don't do X, Y, Z, you know what that's going to mean, right? For those of you who maybe didn't grow up in church, perhaps what you have heard about the church is that though we say you're welcome as you are, we don't really mean it. What we mean is you're welcome as you are and we'd like to change you immediately. (laughs) And we act like also that it's not so much we want you to be like God, we want you to be more like us. So I want to suggest today that this Advent story and the characters in it 
really invite us to something very different than those messages. It's the message to a teenager, a poor young girl, that exactly who you are is the best possible person you could be. So much so that even Jesus will live in your wound and will be born to change the world as we know it. To a poor Joseph, Joseph, it'll be okay. Don't worry that people may try to shame you. You are where you should be, and you are exactly who you need to be. I want to invite all of you to know today that the spirit of Advent is that right where you are is the very best place to be. And here's the secret. If there is something over there, you'll never know it until you can be right here first. Right here is not nothing, and over there is something. Right here is something very special, and over there is something more. And so God invites us to stay right here and not go. God invites us to understand that if we'll stay put, in this place where we are, God will meet us there. And you know what, my friends? If God will meet us there, all will be well. All will be well. So this morning, I really want to ask all of you to do something more than listen to me talk. Do something more than say, oh, that was a nice message. I want you to think about the courage it takes to say to God, okay, I'll stay and not go. What you think about the bold faith it takes to say, whatever place I find myself, whatever spiritual place I'm in, God will meet me right there. And I will learn the lessons I need to learn. <coughs> I will understand the things I need to understand. And being in that place will prepare me for whatever is to come. But there is no train to catch to get there. I invite you today to stay here. And in a minute, our pastors are going to move into the aisles. And they're going to have anointing oil. And if you feel led, what I want you to do is just to, as an act of moving your body, I just want you to step out and let them anoint you. And the anointing is this, for you to have the courage to stay exactly where you are and to find God right in the place where you are, working with the person who you are. I'll invite you to come. And for those of you who may not want to get up, that's okay too. Just feel that the spirit of blessing and anointing for courage is in this place and in these moments. Please come. Stay. Don't go.